0: In the past week, I've been inundated with questions about whether people should close down their feeders because of bird flu. The best information we have about which wild bird species are testing positive and where this is happening is on the USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, or APHIS, website. But sadly, this provides a woefully incomplete set of anecdotes, not systematically collected data. No agencies are funding tests on songbirds for avian flu, while, as always, there's plenty of funding for testing game birds and poultry. A full 20% of the wild birds that tested positive have been mallards, and the vast majority of the rest are also waterfowl and birds that closely associate with waterfowl, such as sanderlings, pelicans, and one great blue heron. Variants of bird flu attack birds every year and domesticated poultry and wild waterfowl are usually the most affected. But this year's strain, called HPAI for Highly Pathogenic Avian Influenza, has also killed hawks and owls, and at least one blue jay in Nova Scotia, and a crow somewhere in Minnesota. Many raptors are large and conspicuous, and when someone finds one sick or injured, they often take it to a rehab facility. Those usually do testing. Right now, many other wildlife rehab facilities are not taking sick songbirds. When a highly contagious avian disease is found in one bird, it's extremely difficult to prevent it from spreading to birds recovering from injuries at those facilities. Many people wonder why we aren't testing birds the way we did during the initial outbreak of West Nile virus in America, when people were encouraged to bring in dead blue jays and crows for testing. But that was to protect people, not birds. People don't seem to be susceptible to this year's avian flu but they were terribly vulnerable to West Nile virus. Crows and blue jays were so vulnerable to that mosquito-borne disease that health departments could anticipate when the disease would first hit humans in an area by tracking those conspicuous birds when they were found dead. As soon as human cases became widespread, agencies no longer bothered testing birds. If we find a sick or dead bird in our own yard, the only way I know to find out if it had bird flu is to take it to the University of Minnesota Veterinary Diagnostic Lab in St. Paul and to pay ourselves for the testing. Every spring, songbirds die from salmonella, botulism, and other diseases. Lethargic birds may be sick, but some may have struck windows or been attacked by predators. Feathers cover injuries so effectively that even experienced rehabbers often have to look closely at a bird in hand to know whether it's sick or injured. In a year like this, when so much media focus is on bird flu, it's mad to me that there is absolutely no funding to test songbirds to find out where exactly bird flu is appearing so people won't panic when they see a dead bird. Last week, the Raptor Center in St. Paul issued a statement saying how hard it is to work out the science of this outbreak. With minimal viral surveillance being done with songbirds, it is hard to measure the risk of transmission from songbirds to other birds and, quote, because the science is unclear on the role of songbirds in this current H5N1 outbreak, one consideration is to not encourage birds to gather together at places such as bird feeders or bird baths. These are places where things like viruses could easily be exchanged between individuals, end quote. During eruption years like this, wherever red poles happen to be in April when most natural food sources are depleted, they always gather in large flocks and often gravitate to backyards, not just for feeders, but to pick through gardens in search of last year's leftover seeds. I had at least a thousand in my yard a week ago, and there were still hundreds on Easter Sunday. I've taken in my platform feeders and re-raked below them, but the birds are still here picking through the areas along the fence where fox sparrows, juncos, and the first song and American tree sparrows are scratching through dead leaves searching for seeds too. Until Friday afternoon, April 15th, I was planning to keep my feeders going until the red poles had moved on. But then I heard that a Minnesota crow had tested positive, and I learned that absolutely no testing on songbirds is or will be happening, much less any kind of systematic sampling of dead and dying birds, making it impossible to know how much at risk our birds are. A few times this spring, I've taken photos of bizarre of redpolls crowding into my feeders or filling my shrubs, but I've taken orders of magnitude more photos of individual redpolls with their varied plumage and sparkling eyes. Not one of them is expendable. I wrote a very long blog post providing an overview of the diseases birds are vulnerable to every spring, why this year's avian flu outbreak is much more dangerous than most years, and what measures I'm taking in my own yard. It's at blog.lauraerikson.com. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.